Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Kingdom Rock Radio. Now, here's a sample of today's program. We got your back in prayer. You go ahead. We're too tired. We're too faint. We're exhausted. We have no more to give. We cannot make this transition. It is too much for us now, but we will surely pray for you. Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you for tuning in for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Pursue, Overtake, Recover All. This would be part number two, and it is subtitled, Lord, I'm Tired. Have you ever been so tired that you just could not give anymore? You just couldn't do anymore? But it seemed like more was required of you, but you just couldn't go any further. Well, we're going to talk about that today and how to gain more strength so that you can go on and receive the promises of God. So you don't want to miss not one moment of it. Don't forget to join us on the web 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd be so glad to connect with you there on Facebook, YouTube, and on the Kingdom Rock app and so much more. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Lord, I'm Tired, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Well, First Samuel, the 30th chapter. Are y'all ready to get into the word of God today? Amen. All right. First Samuel, the 30th chapter. Uh, I think last week we we stopped here at verse number eight. We stopped at verse eight. So we'll do just a little bit of reading. First Samuel, the 30th chapter and verse number one says this. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag uh, and Zig and Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire. Now we know that Ziglag was the uh, town that David and his fighting men, his 600 fighting men lived and their wives and their children. They all lived there in Ziglag. And of course, we know prior to this, David and his 600 fighting men were over with the Philistines, actually the enemy. And uh, they were actually planning to come against Israel to fight against King Saul and the Israelites. But the lords of the Philistines said, no, 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 we don't want you to fight with us. At least when we get out to battle, you turn and fight with Israel against us. So they said, no, David, you're not going to fight with us. Go home. And so they pressed David and David came back home. And so as they were marching from uh, the land of the Philistines there in that place, and they were coming back to Ziklag where they lived, they found that their homes were burned with fire. Everything they owned burned with fire. So there was a great fire, great smoke, char everywhere, and their families were gone. Their families were taken captive. Well, what happened? Well, all the men began to wail. They, be, they began to cry in deep mourning and sorrow that their families were taken captive by the Amalekites, this enemy army. Now, we said the, the word Amalekites means people of lapping, people of lapping, which means that they're just like a dog laps water. His, his tongue comes out of his mouth, obviously, out of his mouth. Not really his tongue extends from his mouth. 
That's another picture. His tongue extends from his mouth and it makes a bowl or rather a spoon sort of shape. It scoops up the water and then it throws the water back in his mouth people of lapping, which means the enemy, in this case, the Malachites would come in and swoop in and carry the captives away and then devour them or consume them later. If they're true to their name, that's exactly what they're going to do. So they've come in and they swooped into Ziklag. They burned it with fire and they've taken all the captives and now they're going back and uh, they're, they're possibly, possibly going to be using uh, David's family and others as servants or slaves or even do some other ungodly things to them. And so David and his men and his 600 fighting men, they were all very upset, all very angry. And the men said that, that they, or rather they began to talk about uh, stoning David because, of course, it's because of him that they were not there to support their families. They were in another place because they were following David's leadership. And so they began to speak evil words against David. And uh, David, of course, himself is depressed. He's He's anxious, he's upset, uh, but instead of staying where he was, remember he began to do what to himself? He began to encourage himself. He began to encourage himself in the Lord. In other words, he picked himself up. You got to get up from where you are to get where you want to go. Hallelujah. You have to get up from where you are to get to where you want to go. You can't go to another place while you're depressed and while you're anxious. You're going to have to get up, rise from where you are, and many times there's no one else there to encourage you. You're going to have to encourage your own self, encourage your own self in the Lord. That is, declare what God said about you and to you to muster up the strength that you need to go on. All right, so after David encourages himself, he calls for the ephod. He calls the priest to bring the ephod um, to where he is. The ephod was uh, the, priestly, the priest's garment, and it had different stones on it. And some kind of way, uh, the asker or the seeker, in this case David, would ask the Lord a question. And possibly light would shine through the jewels and um, God would give the, the asker a yes or no question. He would speak to them through that ephod. This is why here in verse number uh, six, let's go back up to verse six and we'll take it on here. Are y'all still with me today? Amen. It says, and David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, rather in his God. That David encouraged himself in the Lord, uh, his God. All right. Verse seven says, and David said to Abathar, the priest, uh, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Ahimelech uh, brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered them, pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. So this is what we stopped on last week. God gives David a word. David asks this question. He's just yes, yes or no uh, question. Shall I pursue? Now we said that this was a very difficult or hard question because God could have said to David, no. Remember what's, what's, in, what's in peril, what's in jeopardy. David's family has been taken by the enemy. 
his loved ones have been taken by the enemy. And he's not only asking for himself, he's asking for the men that are, that are also in his employ, that are, that are his servants. Shall we pursue this troop? Shall we go after our families? Shall we go after? And we said before, it would kind of be like a no-brainer. You see your family in trouble. You see yeah, your stuff taken. It seemed to be like a no-brainer. Go ahead and go. This is an immediate need. Go ahead and go. There's no need to ask God. Go ahead and go. But David stopped and he asked God first. And why is this important? Because God gives him a proceeding word. I want you to see this and we'll really begin to take off here. I thank God that you're praying with me today. Verse eight says again, I want you to notice this. This is a very peculiar thing. If you miss it, I mean, you can miss it if you don't really look at it. Verse 8 says, And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I, what? Pursue. All right. And the word pursue here is spelled how? P-U-R-S-U-E. Now, is that a capital P or a lowercase p? That's lowercase, isn't it? He says, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, meaning God answered him, What? Pursue. Now, how is this pursue spelled? Capital P-U-R-S-U-E. David asks with a small P. God sends him back a big P. Hmm. That doesn't sound very good, does it? He capitalizes the word, right? The first pursue is a question. The second pursue is a command. Amen is a command. God says, pursue, overtake, and you will without fail recover all. Pursue. In other words, this is a direct command from God. Uh, it is as if the Lord Jesus were talking to Peter on the water. He told him, come. And what was, uh, you know, water is not solid, of course, unless it is frozen, uh, but is not normally solid especially when the boats are traveling through it. So the word of God made the word come, made the water solid enough for Peter to walk on. And now here we are here when the Lord tells David, pursue. Now he gives him something solid, something that David and his fighting men can lean on and rely on. And so really at this case and at this point, David couldn't lose even if he tried. Because now he has a rhema word from God that says, pursue, overtake, and recover on. This means that the father himself and all the angel armies are now uh, backing David. So why did David, I mean, why didn't, he, why didn't he just run out? If he just ran out, he would not have had a word from God. He would not have had an assured victory. And hear me, in this year, 2015, we'll have many temptations just to go run out and rescue. As a matter of fact, that's what we do most of our lives. We see a problem and we run out and we try to rescue. We run out and, try, and we try to rescue. Without first seeking God, we see a fire and we run out to go put it out. That is a fire in someone else's life. Someone comes to you with an urgent problem, with an urgent need, and we get all, okay, I got to help, I got to help, got to help. Let me caution you to ask God first. Amen. Shall I pursue this? Shall I pursue? Shall I go forth? Shall I go out and take my resources to recover this thing? Understand something. This was a legitimate need. It was plain as a day in his face. 
as the day in his face. It was plain as the, as the light that was there. I hope you're praying with me. It was as plain as can be. There was a legitimate need. But does God always want you to handle that legitimate need? You understand now, I know you're great, I know you're powerful, I know you got a lot of things going on for you, but you are not the only one with, the, uh, with means to supply someone else's Amen. needs. Yes. Okay? You are not the only one who can dive into this. Maybe God's got something else for you to do. And you go and you go bail this person out of this $500 or $300 or this situation. And you go and do that. You give them your last $50. God said, I didn't tell you to do that. But then here comes a, here comes a need that God really wants you to handle. But you've given your resources out over there. And so now you are ill-equipped to do what God wants you to do. Because you are doing something that you thought was right. Does that make sense to you? You need to take a watch. Everything that is quote unquote right may not be right for you. I hope you heard that word. Okay. All right. None of us have capes except for me, of course. So you're not required to go out to every scene. Now we'll talk about this some other time. All right, so David inquires of him, inquires of the Lord. Shall I pursue? Shall I go after this? And then he asks the next question, uh, shall I overtake them? In other words, will my running be in vain? Will I catch up to them? Because we can go and put a lot of money on things. We can go put a time, a lot of time, uh, with invest time in people, invest money in people. Uh, we can uh, try to start a business or start, try to start a ministry, start a relationship. We can invest a whole lot of time and a whole lot of energy. And how many of us have done that? Invested a whole lot of time, a whole lot of money, a whole lot of energy in something, and it didn't pan out for you. We thought it was the right thing to do, a good thing to do, but it didn't yield any fruit whatsoever. So David asked, shall I go after this? Shall I take this course of action? And is it going to be profitable? Am I going to catch up with it? Am I going to overtake this? Is it going to mean something? Is my running going to be in vain? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then God gives him the word, pursue. Yes, go. You're going to overtake them. Thank God you're going to have some fruit for your labor. And you will without fail recover all. Without fail, you're going to recover all. Without fail, you're going to receive everything that was stolen and taken back from you. Amen? Amen. So this is a word. I pray that you hear this. This is definitely a word for this season. You want to ask God first. Yes, it's it's a legitimate need. Yes, this person is crying in your face. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, they may be put out by the end of the day. Yes, 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 yes. But please don't make someone else's emergency or someone else's uh, uh, lack of planning constitute an emergency on your part. Let me say that again. Please don't let someone else's failure of planning constitute an emergency on your part. Praise Jesus. But getting back to the text here. What happens is that David's family and the families of of the others have gone. They were captive. David did not stay in depression, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. He got up from where he was. 
And now he sought God. God gave him a word. Now he is assured that God is with him and that his labor will not be in vain. He's not running in the wrong direction. God is with him. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Isn't that right? All right. So now let's go to verse number nine. This is so very exciting. These next few verses will really speak and really, I believe it will really resound in your spirit, man, if you hear what God has to say today. Are you with me? And so it says, so David went, he and the 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Bezor. Say Bezor. Now, Bezor means cheerful. Okay, Bezor means cheerful. Let me tell you right now, the brook Bezor was uh, a very torrent brook, a very violent waters ran violently, very violently. It wasn't like a little peaceful stream that Bambi goes and gets a little drink of water. Oh, pretty Bambi. Oh, pretty Bambi. No, this was a violent torrent of water. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Can you say whoosh? There you go. There's a violent torrent of waters that, 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 that tore through there. All right. It's, it's possible to cross, but it would take some amount of effort. And so David and his 600 men, they come to this brook, this brook uh, Bezor, where those that were left behind stayed. We get a little bit of advanced knowledge here in verse number nine. Verse 10 says, but David pursued he and the 400 men. For 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bezor. We're going to stop there for today. Now, understand something. We get even more information as we go on here. We find out here again that the brook Bezor is a very strong, very strong um, stream of water, very strong. And David has some fighting men, the Bible says, that were faint. Now, the word faint here, you see that in verse number 10. It says they were so faint. The word faint here meaning exhausted. Exhausted. They were without strength. They couldn't do it anymore. Okay, they did not have the strength to cross over the river Bezor, or rather the brook Bezor. Now, (laughs) this is so full, it's going to take probably the next, I don't know how long to get this to you. Because there is a a symbolic meaning here, and then there is a uh, historical meaning, and then of course there is also an application here. It just in this verse, and it is so thrilling. It is extremely thrilling, and I pray you, you're with me so that you can really grab a hold of this. So the brook Bezor, again, uh, Bezor, here again, it, it was a torrent bed or a violent rushing of water. And the word Bezor itself, Bezor, means cheerful. Can you say cheerful? cheerful. So this was a, uh, we would say, a rushing, violent cheerfulness. Rushing, violent cheerfulness. Now, what does that mean? Now, as we look look at this symbolic part of this, now, anytime you see rushing waters talking about a washing, a washing or a cleansing, you get in, you get into the, the river or rather to the brook and you stand in it and it begins to wash away those things, wash away dirt or filth or whatever contaminants. It washes it down the stream, down the brook. It washes it away. 
So this is talking about some type of deliverance from the past, deliverance from the filth, deliverance from the worry, deliverance from aggravation or depression. Now understand something. The leader is always first partaker. The husbandman, as the word says, is always the first partaker. It always starts with the leader and then it flows to the people. The anointing starts from the head and then it rolls down to the people. What happened to David is about to happen to the people if they will allow it to be so. Remember, David had to encourage himself. David himself was distressed. He was greatly distressed. He was depressed over the loss of his family, over the loss of his stuff. He just lost everything. Are you understanding? Now, they still had the ground, of course. The, the place Ziglag was still there, but their tent was not. Or if the tent was there, it was burning right now. Go put it out. Okay? So he's, he was in a depressed state. Anybody have been depressed before? Amen. And then people thought it was you, so they began to come against you, wanting to stone you, maybe not with rocks, but with their nasty mouth, getting on you, talking about you, and talking about you, and talking about you. And you know it wasn't, you know you were just trying to do your best, and this happened. So David, of course, could have stayed in that depressive state, but instead he encourages himself. In effect, he he is washed with cheerfulness. Uh, one definition for the word cheerful, which uh, means uh, to be pleasantly optimistic, pleasantly optimistic. So he has made a transition right in that place from depression to optimism, from doubt to faith, uh, from discouragement to encouragement. Right. There was a transition. There was a violent stream that passed through there right there in his tent, wherever he was. There was a violent transition. And David got up and he was so full of encouragement that he was able also to motivate 600 other of other men that were depressed themselves. Now, remember, the Bible says that they wept until they had no more strength to weep. Have you ever cried that much before until you just could not cry anymore? Like we said last week, like Lisa Lisa said, I'm all cried out over you. Okay, stop right there. You've been so that you could not cry anymore. Okay, so but David was able to encourage himself in the Lord and was full with encouragement and faith to go out and motivate 600 other men. And said, hey, let's go back and get our families. And so David is encouraged. And so up to this point, the 600 men are going on his faith. On what he heard. The 600 men did not hear what God said. Only David heard what God said. And sometimes people will go along with you uh, on the basis of what you said God said. If they can trust the leader. And so they rise and they go with him. But they're getting to a point now where David's faith is not going to be good enough. They themselves will have to be washed from the past, washed from the depression, washed from the aggravation and washed from the disappointments. And they're going to have to make a transition over this river or this brook called Bezor. Now, 400 did make the transition, but 200 did not. Okay? Now, here's a question. This is one thing that you have to look, look for and look out for. Now, here again, there are two groups. 400 went over. They were, they were able to make the transition. 
On one side, they were depressed. On the other side, they're fired up and ready to go sword in hand. Let's go and kick some devil hiney. Let's go back and get our families. They were fired up, ready to go. And they went on with David. And of course, they conquered. And we'll get, we'll get to that, what happened after that. But 200 could not make the transition. 200 were just too tired. They were exhausted. They couldn't go any further. They didn't have any more to give. So today we're going to talk about the 200, right? The, the 200 men that were so faint that they could not make the transition. Now, many times when I looked at these 200 men before, I really thought of them as people that were just, you know, how could you? How could you let your family go out over there? And how could you say you were too tired and you couldn't go and rescue your family when you know where they were? You didn't know how to get them. How could you? How could you let them go out there and you're just so faint? Oh, poor you. You're so faint. But as I look at this, the Lord really changed my mindset and outlook about these 200 people. Because there's more to this than, uh, than you see. There's more to this, to this than meets the eye. Transformers. Are you ready to get into this with me? Okay, so here again, the picture is, uh, you see the prophetic picture of the river and the washing away. And the fact that we're going to have to make a transition. In order for you to get your blessings, you're going to have to go through the transition. That is, you're going to have to believe again. Okay, because right away we know, before we go to the next part, we know that the 400 that went over with David, they saw their families first. They saw the, the plunder. They saw the, the gold and everything else that went along with it. Because the enemy army not only sacked or attacked Ziglag, they also attacked other cities as well. And they had stuff galore. So when David and the 400 men uh, uh, took, got their families back and destroyed the enemy army, they got all the plunder and all the loot, all the spoil that was left. So they not only received their families and some of their stuff that was taken, but they got the stuff from, their, from the uh, enemy armies, other uh, marauding things as well. Does that make sense to you? So there was a whole lot out there, more than, more than they thought that they uh, were going to receive. As a matter of fact, there was so much out there that when David got back, you see as, it, as the text goes on, he was able to share much of the bounty, if you will, much of the bounty with other cities as well. There was so much that was over there that the enemy army had taken. They had plundered the enemy's camp, getting their families back and getting their, some of their things back and so much more. Are you hearing? So those that went over, those that had the strength, those that made the transition were able to receive the promise of God before the others were. So the question would be, how soon do you want to get out of this situation? How soon do you want to get out? Now, these 200 fighting men would receive their families. They would receive some uh, some compensation, some stuff, but it would be later. I'm one of those people that love the word now. Amen. 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 Uh, it's my money and I want it. No. 
I'm one of those now people. I am. God help me. I'm one of those now people. I want it now. I want my breakthrough now. I want my healing now. I want my deliverance now. I want what's coming to me now. I don't want to wait for someone else to bring it to me because that's exactly what happened here. These 200 had to wait for someone else, for man to bring it back to them, hoping that they would hear from God and be honest and bring the things that belong to them back. I don't want to put my destiny in someone else's hands. But unfortunately, sometimes we will arrive at a place when we are just flat out exhausted, when we are without strength, we cannot go any further. And we'll have to remain on the other side of the brook. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes we'll have the strength to go over and fight. And other times you will not. So we talked about the 400 that went over. Now let's talk about just for the next few moments about those that did not go over. Because many of us are still there at that point today. So these 200 men were just, the Bible says they were faint. The word faint means to be exhausted. Exhausted means uh, drained of one's physical or mental resources. Very tired. Very tired. Very tired. They were, now listen, they were exhausted, but they weren't lazy. There's a difference. They were exhausted, but they weren't sorry. They were exhausted, but they, they weren't unconcerned. They were exhausted, but they weren't uncaring. They were exhausted, but they weren't unfeeling. Exhausted, but they weren't afraid. They, they weren't all those things. They, they just couldn't give anymore. That means your tank is empty. You just can't give anymore. The tank's empty. You have nothing left to give. Amen. Anybody ever been there before? Yeah, you have done all you can do. You just don't have anything left. So these were these men, these 200 men, they were exhausted. They didn't have any, they didn't have any more strength. They, uh, but they were not out. And many people count people out. They just needed some time to rest. They were, when you're exhausted, don't you get some rest and feel better? Being faint is not a permanent condition. They just needed time to recharge. But David and the others could not wait for them to get deliverance. They had to go then. So there was possibly uh, there was possibly some time some type of command maybe that gave that David gave to the others, seeing that they were so faint they couldn't cross. I mean they were just they would just give out. Just too tired. Just I can't do this anymore. Anybody ever done that? Say that before. Yes. I just I just can't do this anymore. Right. Amen. It doesn't mean that you're no longer effective. It doesn't mean that you're no longer good. It just you just need time to sit down and rest. Amen. Just need time to rest. Now uh, I want you to notice something here. Um, that if you go over to verse number twenty-four, this is what happens. After uh, they get back. We'll talk more about this in depth next time. It says, for who will hearken unto you? David talking to the um, sons of Bilal and some others will look at them. But who will hearken unto you in this matter? 
But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the what? By the stuff. That tarrieth by the stuff. Uh, they shall part alike. So understand something. While the 400 went over, the 200 tarried by the stuff. What stuff? The stuff that David and the other fighting men uh, went to battle and they conquered the, the treasures of past war, so to speak. The things that God had allowed them to receive in the past. The land even itself that they were given. These 200 men weren't just sitting around looking and filing their nails. They were there recharging and refueling, and they were responsible for keeping the stuff that remained. So that when the 400 men and David got back, they would have something to come back to. They would have a place to come back to. And while they were there, not only were they guarding what, guarding what remained, but look at verse number 10 again. It says, um, it said, which were so at the bottom of it, which were so faint that they could not go over um, Brook Bezor. Look at verse 11. And they found an Egyptian and then it, it goes on. Oh, no, no. So verse nine, I'm sorry. Verse nine says, uh, so David went, he and the 600 men that were with him and came to the Brook Bezor where those that were left behind what? Stayed. Where those that were left behind Stayed. Now, the word stayed here means to take a stand, to take a stand. So they were by the brook. And you hear this. They were by the brook. Here again, not filing the nails and not just singing camp songs around a fire. One, they were charged to protect the stuff that was already there and the land. You're staying behind to protect. Secondly, you're there to make a stand at the brook. They stayed at the brook Bezor. In other words, they took a stand. They were now also preventing anyone else from coming up behind David and the other 400 men, preventing them from coming over and attacking David from the rear. Yes, amen, amen. So in other words, we can say that they would say to David, you go over, we got your back. Amen, amen. We're not going to allow the enemy to attack you from the rear. Yes. And we're going to watch out for the stuff that remains. Amen. We got your back in prayer. You go ahead. We're too tired. We're too faint. We're exhausted. We have no more to give. We can't cannot make this transition. It is too much for us now, but we will surely pray for you. Amen. We will surely pray that you will recover our families, yes. recover your families, yes. recover the stuff. We will pray for you. Yes. We'll just give out. And when they recharge and become full again, they'll be able to go back in war once again. Does that make sense? Amen. There'll be times when we are just give out. You just can't give anymore. But does that mean that you sit down and do nothing? No. You refuel and you pray for those that are, that are already out there on the front lines. You pray for them. Now, the Bible says that they were without strength, that they were faint. How, will, how do you get more strength? I love this. The Bible declares, yes, we can definitely pray, and that's, that's very good. Definitely, you're going to pray. And also you're going to do what David did. You encourage yourself in the Lord. And also we can look at Isaiah, the 40th chapter, Isaiah 40. And verse number 31 looks, reads like this. It says this. 
But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings, rather with wings, as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall, what? Walk and not faint. Now, the Bible says here that as we wait upon the Lord. Now, the word wait means to serve. As you serve God, as you wait upon the Lord or serve the Lord. Think about this in terms of a waitress or a waiter at a restaurant. They say, I'm your waiter. I'm here to wait on you. You know, I'm here to, to serve you. They are called, some are called waiters. That's a job title. It's to assist and to serve. They see your drink is getting a little low. You want some more water? Want some more Coke? There you go, sir. They stand back. A good one will. Praise the Lord. They'll go back and they want to make sure that you have everything you need. Especially those who like getting tips. Praise the Lord. I cannot reward bad service. I can encourage you, but, you know, uh, praise the Lord. But they're there to wait on you. Make sure you get your food. If you have any questions about the food, is it cold or is it too hot? What have you? They're there to serve you. So the Bible says that those who wait upon the Lord, in other words, those who serve the Lord. Well, how do you serve the Lord? You serve him in worship. You serve him in prayer. You serve him in praise. And you serve him by also serving others. Remember the Lord Jesus said on that day, on that last day, he said, uh, come you blessed of my father for I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was in prison and you visited me. How do you serve the Lord? Also by serving others. So it says, as though it says, but they that wait or those that serve uh, uh, the Lord shall renew their strength. In other words, here, here's this, another rhyme word for you. You say you don't have any strength, then get your head out of your stuff and go help somebody else. Amen. And in your service, you will receive strength. There's something about when we get our, get our minds off of our problems and we go and help somebody else with their problems or we see how big their problems really are and compared to ours, we begin to feel better as we begin to help them. Yes. You got an issue and someone comes to you. I mean, never fails with me, never fails at all. When, uh, when I may be going through some things and I may be down and down and out, and of course, hey, I, I, I spent some time at, at River Bizor too, at the Brook Bizor as well. I'm all give out. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Praise the Lord. There's my chair right over there, my guard shack right there. Sometime I visit the place. I can't go over either. Not at that moment until I get charged up and ready to go. But when I get down or down and out and, and someone, God may have someone to call and say, I need prayer. My first thought in my flesh is, well, who's going to pray for me? <laughs> or I have to go to a hospital. I mean, one time I had to go to the hospital. It was not a very good day, Scott. It just was not a good day at all. Praise the Lord. But I have to go. So I go down to this hospital and as and as and I'm oh Lord, I'm praying in the spirit as I go. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, help me, help me, help me, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And I finally get down to the hospital, park the car, pray a little bit more in the car, try to sing praise because some things were just weren't going well. Anybody have one of those days things were just not going well. And sometimes and you tire yourself and when you're tired, things or people really get on your nerves. Yes. 
You love everybody, but sometimes some things get on your nerves. Let's just be real about it. You too, Pastor. <laughs> but I know how to encourage myself in the Lord. Are you hearing? Sometimes you're going to have to cross the river. Are you hearing? And so I encouraged myself in the in the car, uh, you know, put the car in park, got out the car, went into the into the hospital, got up into the room outside the hospital room. I said, Holy Spirit, please be with me. I don't have the strength. I don't have it. I don't have it. It's going to have to be you. It's going to have to be you. I go into the room and I stay for a moment and I talk for a moment. And when I laid hands and I began to pray. I felt the spirit of God come so strongly, so strongly. And uh, the person on the bed said, oh, they were getting they were getting charged. And I was getting charged. So it was who and who and who. I'm glad nobody was walking down the hallway trying to listen to figure out what was going on in there. There's a lot of hoeing going on in there. <laughs> but as I began to pray and I said, amen, boy, I felt new. I felt like I just ate my spinach, Gene. I felt like I just ate my spinach. Yeah, I mean, the muscles and everything were coming up. I felt great. And after, really, I didn't know whether I was praying, were there to pray for them or just there to get energized. They were happy. I was happy. A few days later, they came out of the hospital. Good report. Praise Jesus. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Amen. But I was super duper energized. I got my head out of my stuff and went and helped them. And God gave me strength. Well, I walked out of that hospital leaping and jumping and praise the Lord, ready to pray for someone else. It never fails. It never, never, never fails. So as I, let's look at the verse again, but they that wait or serve the Lord or wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And surely I've encountered that on numerous occasions. Let's look at one more word here. It says they shall renew their strength. The word renew there in the Hebrew means to change. They will change their strength. It means to substitute. They will substitute their strength. It means to alter, change for the better, renew. Look at this. I love that word change their strength or substitute their strength. It's kind of like a jacket. Deacon, I like your jacket. Can you come here for a second? Let me make you famous. Come over here a second. Deacon has strength. I have no strength. So here's the thing. Deacon, you will play the Lord, okay? He's playing the Lord. I have no strength. I have no strength. I have no strength. Okay, I'm going to pretend like I have my jacket. I don't want to take, take, take this off. So I'm going like I'm taking off my jacket. <laughs> I'm giving you my jacket. You gotta give me your jacket. Oh. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. <laughs> and I take his jacket and put it on. So I receive his strength. He he's God. He don't need my strength. But we change. Are you, you hear what I'm saying? 
So as we pray and as we serve others, we say, of course, David encouraged himself in the Lord. He prayed, as Anne said. He, of course, he prayed. He began to declare the word of God, encourage himself in the Lord. And then he went out and served. As he served, you know, strength comes back to him. Are you understanding? Amen. Thank you, Deacon. Let's give him a hand, would you? <laughs> All right. So here again, you want to, how do you, how do you move from the river Bezor? How do you charge up? How do you recover? How do you gain strength? Well, here again, you're going to pray. You're going to declare the word of God. See what God's word says about you. Say his word and encourage yourself with the word of God. And thirdly, you want to go and help somebody else. In doing that, you're going to renew or change strength. After that, the Bible says you will mount up on wings as eagles. I tell you, I felt like floating. You're going to run and not grow weary. You're going to walk and not be faint. You won't be exhausted anymore as you wait on God. Well, next time we'll take up even further as to what happens after this account. After this account, some wonderful things happen. We're going to go straight and dive into the word and find what's there well beneath the surface. I pray you receive the word of God today. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.